I was now going to receive the Holy Eucharist for the first time. I remember processing up to receive. I kept thinking, am I good enough? That was something that kept going over and over. But once I received it, I, it was like I was the only person there. I mean, I know everyone else was still there, but I was there and Jesus was smiling at me. So that gave me my answer. I was good enough. I was good enough to come to Jesus. Welcome to the I Am Here podcast, a space to be inspired by stories of men and women who have found in the Eucharist the strength and purpose for their lives. I'm your co-host, Leah Butalid, and I've been gathering stories for the I Am Here campaign. And I'm Father Mario Amori, a priest of the Archdiocese of Detroit. And today we welcome Valerie Berry to share her story. Welcome, Valerie. Good We're morning. So glad to have you. <laughs> thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for being here. Um, to help our audience get to know you a little better, can you share where you go to church here in Detroit? Yes, I am a member of Corpus Christi Parish in Detroit. Wonderful, wonderful. How long have you been part of that community? About 26 years. Wow, amazing, amazing. <laughs> what do you love about your parish community? Corpus Christi is known for being a welcoming Catholic community. Mm -hmm. um, once you come in, you feel you feel welcome, and we make it a point for that to happen. Beautiful. Awesome. And Valerie, what do you do? I am retired U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Um, I worked for the Corps for 39 years. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And like I said, I am retired now. I volunteer at church as a catechist, mm -hmm. EME, uh, intercessory prayer team leader. Pretty much anything you need, I'll try and help out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Very involved. Very, very plugged in. Well, Valerie, we were so grateful that you would share your story with us that we've published on IamHere.org. Um, so thank you so much for sharing it with us. And we're we're glad to kind of dive in a little deeper here. Um, and you've got this great anecdote that you shared in what's published on I Am Here about uh, your son. As Was he a second grader at the time? He was. Okay. And, and he kind of prompted you to to consider the Catholic faith. Can you take us back to, to that moment and, and tell us a little bit more about that? Wow, right. So my son, it was time for my son to go to school, mm -hmm. and I chose to enroll him at St. Gerard School, okay. um, so Corpus Christi, formerly St. Gerard. Um, one day after school, my son and I were talking, and I'd ask him, you know, how was school? What would you do in school today? And he began to explain that at some point during school, they were in church that day. Mm -hmm. And he, he started to explain why, and I guess he could tell that I didn't know what he was talking mm -hmm. about. And he said, you don't understand, do you, Mommy? And I said, no, baby, mommy doesn't understand. Wow. So that conversation went on. I told him, do your homework, change your clothes, <laughs> the normal things. But I thought about that for the rest of the night. Yeah. And he had mentioned being in church a couple times before. Mm -hmm. But this time he went deeper into an explanation. And it made me think, and he was pl it was pleasant to him. Yeah. 
I decided to go to church with him. Yeah. Um, and it was wonderful. Wow. Um, people were so inviting mm -hmm. and they made me feel welcome. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is he was introducing me to people that he saw <laughs> in church. It, it turns out some of the teachers were also parishioners. Okay. So um, I decided to come back and I began to make friends and I, I decided I wanted to go further mm -hmm. and learn about the faith. Yeah. Um, because I had begun to learn some of the prayers sure. that are stated during yeah. Mass. Um, so for me, entering into the RCIA program was an easy choice because mm -hmm. I wanted to learn more. By that point, I wanted to become Catholic. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. What was it that made you enroll your son in St. Gerard's? Wow. Okay. Um, I had already decided I wasn't really interested in public school. Um, we looked a few places. We went to the open house mm -hmm. everywhere. We went to Christ the King and a few other places, and they were all nice. Mm -hmm. But at St. Gerard's open house, um, the students were reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm -hmm. My son learned the Pledge of Allegiance at his daycare. So he jumps up, runs over to where the kids are, and he's doing the pledge <laughs> too. Mm -hmm. And everybody laughed. He came back after it was over. He said, I like it here. <laughs> so that was my choice. <laughs> I love it. That was my it's choice. It's amazing how God works. Yeah. How God yeah. brought you to that place and uh, through your son brought you into the church. Right. How beautiful yeah. that is. Yeah, right. it's incredible. Can you talk a little bit about the process of of going through RCIA leading up to um, to entering the church? What was that that process like for you? That was a very busy process <laughs> <laughs> because at the same time as I entered into the RCIA, my son was enrolled into First Communion. Mm -hmm. So we were meeting in the mornings and the afternoons. I was meeting an array of people, um, which I'm blessed to work with now. Um, there, there was just a, a lot of information, um, prayers and, and processes and questions being answered that it, you always ha people have these questions and they don't understand. Um, why are there so many statues around? What significance does Mary really play? Mm -hmm. You know, so it was a wonderful, wonderful experience for wow. me. And then you entered the church at, at the Easter Vigil? Easter Vigil, it came so quickly. And at some point during the RCIA process, I came into the church with, there was a group of us, four okay. total. Mm -hmm. I was the only catechumen. The others were candidates. Okay. And at one of our, our sessions, um, I was informed that I was a catechumen. Mm -hmm. I thought, okay. Um, and then I was told you and your son would be baptized together. Oh. So, okay. Um, that was, I was nervous, but <laughs> okay. Um, it, it, it was really wonderful. 
And in your story, you mentioned the power of receiving the Eucharist at that Mass. Can you share a little bit about what that was like? Well, if you've ever been to Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. you know that it's a beautiful church. Yeah. On this night, it was more beautiful than I had ever seen it. There were candles, there were people, so many people. The church was full that night. I don't think I had seen that many people in church before. Um, So I was nervous. I had just been baptized. Everybody was hugging me, and it was really great. And my son had been baptized, but it wasn't over. Mm -hmm. I was now going to receive the Holy Eucharist for the first time. I remember processing up to receive. I kept thinking, am I good enough? Mm. That was something that kept going over and over. Mm-hmm. But once I received it, I it was like I was the only person there. I mean, I know everyone else was still there, but I was there and Jesus was smiling at me. Oh my gosh. So That gave me my answer. Mm -hmm. I was good enough. Mm -hmm. I was good enough to come to Jesus. So beautiful. (laughs) I love hearing you share about this. Such a powerful moment for you on your journey. Definitely. And so then from there, what did your relationship with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament look like from that first moment receiving him and then, you know, moving forward in your faith um, after entering the church? Well... I actually started, this was so crazy, I started counting the times. <laughs> so, okay, first week, it. second week, I'm getting it again, you nice. know. So, and it was something that you want, you want, you need this over and yeah. over yeah. again to continue to feel mm-hmm. that love. Right. That, that, that feeling yeah. that you get. Um, so time went on, and I had not yet, been to adoration. Okay. I I had heard about adoration during our CIA, but there's a there's a lot going on. You're yeah. learning uh-huh. so much. Um, time goes on, mm-hmm. and there were some things going on with me. Okay. And a friend from church, who are still friends to this day, mm-hmm. uh, she recommended that I spend some time before the Blessed Sacrament, mm-hmm. praying wow. about some issues yeah. that I shared with her. And and um, when you took that advice, what, what did you notice in, in that time that you spent? It, one, one thing I do want to say is it, it, these issues that I was going through, mm-hmm. um, not to focus too much on that, yeah. what was really valuable for me mm-hmm was having found a friend mm. who I I think God puts people in your life at certain times. Sure. For me to have found this friend who gave me this loving advice mm-hmm. of taking your problems to Jesus in prayer and to know that he would help you work them out. Mm-hmm. That's what's so important about the power of our witness right? That you had somebody to accompany you and kind of and point you in that direction. Somebody who had an encounter with Jesus herself saying, I have found comfort there. I have found joy with Jesus. So, and I want you to experience the same thing. Right, mm-hmm. right. So I took her advice. Yes, Lee, wow. I did. Um, 
And I was nervous because I was like, okay, do I pray a rosary? Do I say the Our Father? What is? What are the rules? Right, right. That I didn't get the rules. <laughs> <laughs> so it ended up being simply a conversation mm-hmm. of wow. me being frantic. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? How are? How do I fix this? And yeah. I could hear, calm down, calm down. Mm-hmm. That's what. I could hear. Were the problems solved that day at that moment? No. Sure. But what I did receive was a warm feeling of peace, mm-hmm. just peace. Yeah. And I could hear the words, calm down. It will be okay. Sometimes yeah. those most frantic prayers, uh, where we don't know what to do, those are the best <laughs> prayers. Yes. Right? Uh, yes. Prayer is um, often described as just allowing our heart to speak to the heart of God. And sometimes mm-hmm. our, our hearts are just a frantic mess. Oh, <laughs> we yes. need to unload. Yes. And the Lord uh, speaks those words of comfort and peace to us. It, it took a while. I left there that day actually smiling. Mm-hmm. I remember smiling. I was I was good. Mm. I was good. Um, time went on, and later I began to realize that all those things that were very real for me yeah. that day were beginning to resolve themselves. Mm-hmm. Wow. No help from me. No, uh, there was nothing I could do anyway. And even to this day, um, I, I think about. Oftentimes, we run to Jesus in prayer during times of trouble. Mm. That's not the only time to go to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm blessed to say that I don't really have any big problems or Mm -hmm. issues right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But there have been some things that were on my mind. Yeah. I am a catechist yeah. with First Communion, First Reconciliation, uh, Children's Liturgy, mm-hmm. Confirmation. <laughs> I, over the years, youth all. group. Mm-hmm. I've, I love it. But I had begun thinking that I would like to be more involved with RCIA. Mm. So prior to the pandemic, I really kind of started to pray on it before the Blessed Sacrament. Sometimes the monstrance is is exposed. Sometimes it's just in in the tabernacle area. And again, I I was kind of asking Jesus, am I good enough for this? Is it okay for me? And the the response that I received was, it's time. Then the pandemic hit, right? So I'm talking to my spiritual director, mm-hmm. and she said, you know, the AOD has a new catechist, master catechist certification program, mm-hmm. and she helped me get enrolled in that. And she also put me in a position to be able to monitor the RCIA program <laughs> this year. So we began our uh, considering Catholicism sessions. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And we're looking forward to starting with our CIA this year, That's September. Amazing. Great. Yeah. Valerie, you mentioned uh, having a spiritual director. For, for people who are listening who might not know what that is. Oh, 
Okay, so there's How? there's really a definition? I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, like you said, it's somebody who, you know, as you're discerning a path uh, in your own spiritual journey, um, just like your friend who, who led you to adoration, you know, a spiritual director is somebody who's there and, and accompanies you, and they might be able to help you see uh, or give you a different perspective on maybe um, what you feel you're called to or how God has spoken to you. Um, they might give you some suggestions on on just different things to bring to the Lord and, and how to pray, but ultimately right. there are somebody who accompanies you on your spiritual journey, somebody to bounce you know <laughs> things <laughs> off of and that's right uh, someone to kind of get get you back on track when you feel like you've you've hit a dry spell or, or something like that. I love too that you're you've kind of discerned this in prayer with the blessed sacrament, but then you know you've got this spiritual director to kind of you know support you in in um, you know taking a, a, a next step in in leading the RCI at Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think that's really interesting that you had mentioned about your story and your experience with RCIA is that even after you'd entered the church, you'd heard rumblings about adoration, but you you weren't given the rules, you know? Yeah, and, I didn't have um, the rules. Yeah, and, and not that there are, I'm not trying to imply that the, there are rules, but, but I think it's so cool. Um, to see that now you're stepping into this place of influence for people who are entering the church mm-hmm. with this wow. witness, with this testimony, and that you're going to be able to, you know, share what Jesus in the Eucharist has done for you and share your experiences, just like you had that friend to encourage you to go seek him in adoration. I'm curious to know, like, what you would... um what you would want to share with those people who are considering entering, thinking about the people uh, in considering Catholicism, what would you say about how the Eucharist has affected your life since you entered the church and developed a relationship with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament? For me, receiving Eucharist is as important or more important than having shelter, food. Wow. It's a source of strength. Mm-hmm. For me, mm-hmm. I, I have to, I have to have Eucharist. The pandemic came along, and did you ever think that the Eucharist would be held away from you? Oh, yeah. I, we never thought that. We've never been through that. Mm. Um, and of course, we we stayed away for our safety. Mm. But as soon as we were able to go back, I was there. I was. I had to have the Eucharist. I mean, spiritual communion is amazing. Mm-hmm. Trust me, it, it's amazing. But I had to. I had to come back. Mm-hmm. And how do I see? How do I see Jesus working? How did I even know mm-hmm. that? That my prayers were answered, or how does Jesus work in my life? Well, I see it every day. Mm-hmm. I see it when I look at the hedge of protection that Jesus has placed around my son. Mm-hmm. When I look at my beautiful granddaughter who is preparing for the sacrament of confirmation, mm-hmm. yeah. and I am one of the catechists that so will be working cool. with her. I see it when I look at my amazing daughter-in-law who mm-hmm. struggled and questioned herself when she was working mm-hmm on receiving her master's degree in social work. Well, of course she's got that master's degree. <laughs> yeah. Right? I see Jesus working in other lives. I see 
I see Jesus every day. I love how it sounds like you, you've developed this dependence, you know, on the Eucharist. Like you, you rely on Him, and because of the strength that He's given you, and because of the ways that you can discern Him speaking to you, you're able to see, you know, His work all the time, nonstop. That's so powerful. Amen. So very powerful. Valerie, you mentioned. Um, not knowing the rules when you go to adoration. <laughs> I don't think any of us quite know the rules yeah. when we go. Um, uh, but do, do you have a certain kind of rhythm to your prayer when you go to adoration now? Or do you, is it more of just kind of that heart speaking to heart? Mine is more of a conversation with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sometimes, yes, I'll pray in our Father or... A more formal prayer, but mm-hmm. I get more out of it when I feel like I'm just talking to mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. just visiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's yeah. so beautiful is that, as you mentioned, everyone who speaks to us about um, just going to adoration, or anybody who goes to adoration, will tell you, as you as you said, when you leave there, all of your problems aren't fixed, <laughs> but there's definitely you leave there differently. Mm-hmm. You do. Um, there's just something about being in the presence of the Lord and being able to bring your fears, your burdens, and anxieties there. And I think it's because in that place we we just get this sense of of just recognizing whose presence we're in, mm-hmm. and the fact that we're there adoring the Lord, and so are all all of the angels as well. And so mm-hmm. just just being in that in that beautiful presence. Um, uh, definitely does something for our heart and, and for our mind, and, and it increases that trust that we have so that when we leave there, still with all of our problems, mm-hmm. we know that we can let go because the Lord is with us. Right. Amen. <laughs> and you mentioned a couple times that you you know would receive a response from Jesus uh, during adoration or um, even that, that time at the Easter Vigil, you know, just um, you had really received the the message that you were good and that he wanted to give himself to you. So um, have there been times where you didn't necessarily receive a response? And and what was that like? Yes, there there have been times where I didn't receive a response. So it makes me, it makes me wonder, am I missing it? Mm. Am I listening? Mm how do you listen? So I think back when my friend and I were talking, mm. I listened to what she said. Mm. Sometimes the message will come to you through someone else. Mm-hmm. Are you listening? Mm. Um, there's, there's never been anything major mm that I've not gotten some sort of a response to. Um, So you have to pay attention to your surroundings, pay attention to the people that God puts in your life. Mm -hmm. Everyone is there for a reason, and you're there to learn and to understand that reason. And it could take years. Sure. It could take years. Mm -hmm. It it may not happen overnight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Valerie, what would you say um, to somebody who, even even faithful Catholics who might be struggling in their belief in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, 
Um, I think, you know, being involved in the RCIA, people, that they feel drawn into the church. Um, but even as, as you're learning about things, sometimes um, we're still thinking um, just everything's in our head and it's not moved to our heart yet. And so mm-hmm. if, if somebody's in that place of, of kind of knowing what the church teaches and what we believe, but kind of questioning, what, what, what would you say to them? I would say to them to pay attention to the people around them, Mm -hmm. Mm. pay attention to the small things Mm. that are happening. Um, We take small things for granted. These things are coming to us through the grace of God. and there is a difference between the, I've noticed, the cradle Catholics <laughs> and those who went through RCIA. Those who were born Catholic or they're Catholic because your family told mm-hmm. you you were, and those who chose to be Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, we were searching mm. for something that you, the others have always had. Mm. So maybe put that emphasis back mm. on the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's right. And as you mentioned, just God's grace, and grace is mm. a pure gift. And I think we're so, in our culture, we're so used to having to um, just kind of to take care of ourselves and to mm. fight for everything we have and to work hard for what we have. Mm. And um, and we're uncomfortable receiving gifts. I think we, we're much, we're much more um, comfortable giving gifts mm-hmm. than receiving. Um, um, and so I think that's why we, we struggle so so much, just as, as people of faith, knowing what we believe, um, but it, but accepting it. You know, mm-hmm. knowing that this this is God's free gift and. Mm-hmm. Um, God who who loved us in the beginning, who loved us enough to create us and and to save us, um, desires to be so close to us that uh, he desires to to be touched and looked upon mm-hmm. and and received and um, n- nothing else can do that for us. No one else can give us that except God alone, um, and that's why He's God and we're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very clear, Valerie, that you have you know, been open to this beautiful gift that God has given so freely. And um, and that kind of receptivity is is just such a gift to witness. So thank you so much for, for again, sharing your story with us. Um, it's a really, really powerful testimony. We're so grateful. Well, thank you so much for having me. Of course. And thank you for listening to the I Am Here podcast. You can read and listen to more stories of people encountering Jesus in the Eucharist at IamHere.org. And we also invite you to share your story with us. I Am Here is a campaign by the Archdiocese of Detroit and Hello App in support of the National Eucharistic Revival.